HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Kane5.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. America Wide's your host. I want to start off this week's episode with a, a little existentialism, a little deep philosophical question. Don't worry, I won't tax you too much. Just one deep, profound, existential question. So take a deep breath. Here goes. What is cereal? I don't hear an answer yet. Do I need to repeat the question? Okay, here goes. What is breakfast cereal? No, I'm asking you. You tell me. No answer yet? Okay. Let's take a step down from the philosophical and move into the more realistic realm of cognitive therapy, and let's do some associations. I'm sure you can handle that. What's the first thing you think of when I ask you that question? The first mental image that comes up. Now, don't go on to Google Images or, you know, see what someone sends you on Instagram. I'm sure you can come up with a mental image yourself. For me, it's a bowl of multicolored puffed things or brown flakes. Maybe a bowl of brown flakes with like whitish crystallized looking raisins dotting the bowl. I'm sure you have similar associations. Now, some of them may be traumatic, such as an unsightly addiction to raisin bran that Maybe you try to hide late at night or your mom putting out a box of Fruit Loops in the morning once she started heading back to work after your parents divorced and she stopped cooking breakfast for you. Or maybe like my co-producer, Chris, who didn't eat cereal for 10 years after seeing his best friend, Charlie, sneeze into his bowl of Frosted Flakes. 
If some of these memories are too traumatic to face, you can draw them in crayon and then scan them and tweet them over onto Let's Get Real's new Instagram serial trauma therapy page. And then we can work through it together. But back to the original question. What is serial? It's one of those things that we don't even think about, like air or water or being able to rewind TV. It's serial. It's what you eat for breakfast. We don't even question its existence. It's just there. When I used to teach at a culinary school and we would do our breakfast cooking days, I would pose that question to my students. And generally, I got answers like, it's wheat or it's corn or it's grains. But none of them could tell me what had been done to the grains or how much of the grains actual nutrition was left intact and how much had been blasted out in the manufacturing process or how much sugar and other crap was added back into the cereal or just why it exists at all except that we accept it as gospel that we should be eating it every day and that's because we just accept it. Same way we just accept things like terrible tasting strawberries and a Senate that thinks anyone can own a gun regardless of their background or Gail King as a morning show host or Gail King at all. We just roll over and take the shit they're feeding us. But unlike strawberries that taste like shit, the government protecting crazy hicks with guns and Gail King, we can get to some answers about cereal. And yes, my students were technically right. That's what cereal is. Grain. Or actually, that's what grains are. Cereals. Named for Ceres, the Roman goddess of grain and the harvest. But if Ceres knew what we had done to her namesake food and to her name itself, she probably would send a plague of locusts and disease and wipe out all the grain from the earth forever. But since companies like Monsanto have developed chemical pesticides that are plague-resistant, for now, and chemical fertilizers that allow us to grow more grain than at any time ever in the history of agriculture, and we can use more water and more petroleum than we ever have to grow all that grain, you got to do something with it. So we feed a lot of it to livestock who were never meant to eat it because they really prefer grass, as you know, and we turn some of it into biofuel, which is pretty inefficient because we need to use a whole lot of fuel just to grow the grain to make the biofuel, and the rest of it forms the basis of the American diet. Our diet, based on corn, wheat, rice, oats, and soybeans, all ground up into refined industrial dust, combined with the other major element of our diet, sugar, either from corn or cane, and turned into 100,000 million foodiness products, about 700,000 of which are cereals. Because of that abundance of grain, the foodiness industrial complex has so successfully brainwashed us all into thinking (coughs) that cereal is food, that we've gone beyond the rabbit hole and fallen out the other side into the giant cereal matrix. They tell us cereal is food. The government incorporates the message into the foodiness nutritional guidelines that we all grew up swallowing by the cereal bowl full, and all that excess grain gets used up. So we were all raised to believe that cereal is food, and I think cereal may be the quintessential foodiness product because we were raised to believe in it. Whether you were allowed to eat crunch berries or bran flakes, we never questioned whether or not it was real food. It is unquestioned, unchallenged, 
pure foodiness. It's like somewhere out there in the vast Midwest where the farms are so big that you can't see where they begin or end because it's really just one huge farm from Pennsylvania to California. I know because I just flew home from California yesterday after giving a TEDx talk in Berkeley. Yeah, just thought I'd slip that one in in case you didn't see any one of my 300 tweets or Facebook posts about it or the TEDx's Facebook posts about me and about how much they liked me and how much they really liked my Jesus joke, which they quoted on their Facebook page. And on each of those farms out there in flyover land, where, as you know, they do not make Jesus jokes, is a different field where a different cereal grows in each one. Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah, different cereals need different climates, so each one has its own special farm. There is one giant cereal field in Nebraska that solely grows the cornflakes, of course, because Nebraska is the cornhusker state. And there's one in California that grows raisin bran. The bran and the grapes grow right there together in the warm California sunshine. And the sun-made raisin girl, she runs that farm. She coincidentally, is Cesar Chavez's grandniece, and she keeps those migrant farm workers in order. That girl has an iron fist, not like that crybaby uncle of hers used to do. She runs a tight ship. Certain cereals, of course, grow better in certain climates. Count Chocula, being of Eastern Eastern European descent, grows better in climates that are like Eastern Europe. So they usually grow that in grim gray places like Minnesota or North Dakota, whereas Lucky Charms, of course, is Irish and needs the rolling green hills of western Pennsylvania, which looks and feels a lot like Ireland, all grass and sheep and married cousins and all that. But a more tropical variety of cereal like Fruit Loops really requires the warm, humid breezes and moist climate of the southern states. And I believe there are a lot of new Fruit Loop farms being started on old tobacco plantations in the south, which is a good thing, too. It's nice that they put all that land to good use, growing something much better for us and much more healthy than tobacco. It's really great that we have so much biodiversity here in the U.S. when it comes to breakfast crops. We live in a lucky, lucky time. We have so many choices. Now, two things come to mind for me when I think about this. The first one, of course, has to do with Little House on the Prairie, because what's an episode of Let's Get Real without a reference to that show? Now, on Little House on the Prairie and the books, they ate cornmeal mush or porridge for breakfast. Now, granted, those are cereals, as in the true meaning, they are grains. But even though we didn't have a color TV in my house until I was in high school, I don't remember ever seeing any multicolored mini marshmallows in Laura's bowl of cornmeal mush or Mary blindly fumbling in the kitchen late at night for a bowl of Reese's Pieces porridge. Get it? Fumbling blindly. Because it was dark back then at night since they had no electricity. Not because Mary was blind. That would just be mean and not very sensitive to people with different abilities. I mean, geez, people, what kind of person do you think I am? Don't answer that. The second thing that I think of when I think about cereal and about it not being food is that even in the old ads for cereal, they were basically telling us it wasn't food. Remember this line? Along with juiced, juice, toast, milk, munchy, crunchy, chocolatey cocoa puffs are part of a complete breakfast. So wait a minute. You need the juice, the toast, and the milk along with the cocoa puffs? So the cocoa puffs are just a side dish, a child's breakfast aperitif, a dessert. The juice, toast, and milk provide the barest minimum of of nutrition. The cocoa puffs were really more just like a little side, a little extra breakfast, maybe a little snack. 
But that's how foodiness slipped in. It was suggested that the Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops weren't food, but they were asking us to eat it anyway. And of course, you only eat food, so therefore, experientially, cereal must be food. This is what Orwell called doublethink, which is holding two contradictory ideas in mind at the same time. Of course, what Orwell obviously didn't imagine is that doublethink would be applied to breakfast cereals with names like Fruity Pebbles and Captain Crunch. Now, once, back in college, I stayed... I spent a month, one summer, wandering around Scotland in a depressed funk. I was in college. Now, I mostly stayed at youth hostels because I had very little money. But also, once in a while, I would stay in these places that they called B&Bs. Now, these were not the charmingly restored Victorian houses with three cats and lots of lavender and antiques and lemon poppy seed muffins for breakfast run by gay couples in Vermont. Not that kind of B&B. Not what the term usually conjures up in the brain. These were more like places on the edge of small cities in northern Scotland in the houses of old sad ladies who had a spare room and needed the money and liked to talk to young depressed college students because they were that lonely. More like that. But for like 10 bucks a night in the 80s. So if there wasn't a hostel around in the town or I didn't feel like sleeping on a bunk bed in a room with 30 smelly German backpacker women with unshaven armpits and lots of scarves, I would get a and b room for the night. So one time I stayed at this lady's house in Aberdeen, Scotland, where I chose to visit because they were having a herring festival and I like herring. <coughs> but I like Jewishy Eastern European herring, pickle, herring pickled and oniony or in sour cream on a bagel with tomatoes and maybe a boiled potato on a plate, that kind of herring. These were whole herrings with the head and the bones and all rolled in dried oats and deep fried. Not my people's herring, but I ate it. I like oats and I like herring. So I went to the Aberdeen Herring Festival and I stayed with this lonely lady. And in the morning, she made me breakfast. The second B in the B&B was breakfast. And since I was stupidly a vegetarian at the time, I politely turned down the bacon and sausage that she offered, but agreed to the traditional eggs, mushrooms, tomatoes, baked beans, and toast, your basic English breakfast fry-up. Why the beans? I will never know. The English have this thing about baked beans. It's just weird. If they made a baked bean cereal, well, then we'd be talking, because that's a good idea, actually. Please hold while I call my secret contact at Unilever. So she said about cooking me up this breakfast, but before I could eat it, she first served me a bowl of cornflakes. And I must have looked confused because I hadn't asked for them, but she just said, you have to have your cornflakes first, don't you? I was so depressed and defeated at the time that I didn't even have the internal strength to protest. So I said, uh, okay. Kind of like when you're depressed and tired and just over it all and wondering how you're going to go on and what's the point anyway. And you turn on the TV and Bravo is running a marathon of LA shrinks and you just don't have the strength to resist, so you watch it. So dutifully, I ate my cornflakes. She wouldn't serve me the cooked real food breakfast until I ate my little bowl of cornflakes, like it was some kind of required medicinal treatment that I was obligated by law or medical mandate to take. I had to eat the cornflakes first. There was no questioning it. She was deeply inside 
the foodiness matrix because she absolutely believed, without a doubt, that one must first begin the first meal of the day with a bowl, a processed, manufactured, sweetened, nutritionally void, rolled, flaked, cooked, and puffed corn. No other cereal would do. It was cornflakes or nothing. Not even Weetabix, which is a uniquely British cereal that looks like a dog biscuit and has no flavor, but I secretly really like and sometimes eat late at night. See, I'm just like you, human, with flaws. Only I don't watch reality shows on TV. I watch Maud on Hulu. But you get the point. We're going to take a very short break here. When we come back, more about cereal being the devil's work. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Knife Show remix of Blind Benny on the Heritage Radio Network.org. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery. Thank you for listening to the show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. For more information, visit Cane5.com. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a member-supported nonprofit organization. If you like what you're listening to, go to our website and click that donate button. Become a member and get special discounts, invites, VIP treatment, t-shirts, and more. Support us in our mission to bring you the freshest food content in the nation. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. I'm Erica Wyatt's your host. Remember that you can find all the Let's Get Real shows ever made, that's all 61 of them, on letsgetrealshow.com. You can also find them on iTunes, and of course, they're all on heritageradionetwork.org, along with all the other fantastic heritage radio shows that have ever been created also. You can also follow me on Twitter at Let's Get Real Show, or find me on Facebook at Let's Get Real Show. Become a fan, become my friend I would love to hear from you. And eventually that TEDx talk will be up in the TEDx internet world. I just don't know when, but it's coming. But it was great. Did I mention how good it was? Yeah. Okay. So if you were born in the U.S. after 1950, you were born into the cereal matrix. You can't escape it. Cereal truly is the devil's work. What was once just a benign bowl of processed grain and sugar with artificial colors, flavor, and preservatives and a handful of synthetic vitamins and minerals thrown in and propagandized to us as part of a complete breakfast has evolved further into a, and now listen carefully because it's a complex concept, a foodiness version of its foodiness self. If cereal was the original foodiness product, then it's gone even deeper into the matrix and way, way further down the rabbit hole because there now are foodiness versions of foodiness cereals. Take Special K. Now, no, Chris, that's not an order directed at you, not that kind of Special K. Special K cereal 
which was originally marketed as a diet cereal because it was puffed up so full of air that it had just very few calories. Now, I remember in my fat child, childhood, not in my fat child, in my fat childhood, eating a special K for breakfast and being so hungry an hour later that I would make myself a huge sandwich. So much for that. So Special K went from being a foodiness cereal, portraying itself as a healthy, low-calorie, grain and nutrition-filled food, which it never was. It was just refined flour, sugar, and air, to becoming a whole separate brand of all kinds of foodiness products, like Special K bars and Special K water and Special K crackers. And at the airport yesterday, I saw Special K snack chips. WTF, people. What does that even mean? mean. If Special K cereal is already not a real food, but a processed foodiness product, Soylent Green-like, really, then what is Special K water or crackers? Is it made from the cereal? Maybe it's made from the empty boxes. It's the Special K matrix. It sucks in the ignorant, gullible, overweight masses who just see the pretty red letter K in that nice Kellogg script and think, Special K, Special K will make me not fat. I buy, no think, just buy, eat, buy, repeat. And what is the deal with cereal bars, especially the milk and cereal bars? Yes, they sell cereal bars now that say that they're complete with the milk in the bar because using a bowl or a spoon is too messy and too inconvenient. So if you have the milk and the cereal right in the bar, you can eat it while you're driving and texting or riding your mobility scooter. Now, you know in the milk and cereal bars, there's no actual milk in them, right? Talk about Orwellian. It's a milk and cereal bar. Contains no milk. There's corn syrup solids and whey powder and titanium dioxide, which is what they use to make white paint. But it's not like they magically figured out how to make milk stand still, suspended in space in a solid layer, magically hovering between two layers of cereal-flavored cookies. And that's what they are. Cookies are really candy bars actually. It's foodiness that tastes like cereal, that tastes like candy, that is now in bar form with whole wheat and added calcium and omega-3s and then turned back into a cereal form that tastes like the candy bar version of the cereal. And I just saw a new one, a cereal that I think may redefine foodiness for all mankind. It may have reached a new depth of foodiness that I could never even have imagined. It's new Honey Bunches of Oats, which in itself is bad enough, but it's now Honey Bunches of Oats with added Greek yogurt clumps. Now, first of all, the name Honey Bunches of Oats, to me, evokes a homey, warm, folksy feeling. The word honey just right away tricks people into thinking natural and healthy and 1970s golden sunshiny health food store-like kind of place. Lots of embroidery and long, greasy hair. As a beekeeper, I actually find that offensive because they're using the cheapest, most adulterated and probably fake honey from China, tainted with lead and made probably from spare children. Second of all, the foundation of the cereal is just flakes, the same old flakes sweetened with sugar and corn syrup, puffed grain flakes. The flakes are made of wheat, rice and corn with a few token bits of oats stuck on. That's like the background of the cereal. That's the substrate. Then they make the bunches, as in honey bunches of, 
which are these kind of granola clumps. Now, granola is a total foodiness word, too, because it doesn't really mean anything or have any legal definition. So if people see a lumpy mix of grainy stuff with a nut or a raisin thrown in, they think, hey, it's granola. I can go climb a mountain now instead of riding my mobility scooter through the Taco Bell drive-thru. The granola clumps are in are made from that same grain mix, the corn and wheat and rice mix. But in this demonic version of the cereal, they then take those clumps and coat them with dehydrated Greek yogurt powder. Now, as we all know from listening to this show and just from being very aware food-eating people, yogurt is a living thing. It's a live food. You have to keep it cold or at least at room temperature, and it has to be wet because it's living. And that's the reason you eat it, because it's a living food. If you dehydrate yogurt into a powder and then heat treat it so it can sit on a shelf in a glossy form coating a clump for years at a time, and then sweeten it with corn syrup solids and then malic acid and tartaric acid and citric acid to bring back the tart flavor that you've lost because you've basically de-yogurted the yogurt, then that's not really yogurt, is it? Now, I don't think the devil himself could have outdone CW Post on this one. Honey Bunches of Oats Greek has 43 ingredients in it, not including the requisite handful of synthetic vitamins and minerals that have to be added to it legally to call it food. And of those 43 ingredients, 12 are sugar in varying forms. The second ingredient is sugar. And there are ads for it now on TV running, and a woman eats a spoonful of it and immediately declares, I feel healthy. Now, (laughs) considering I've had a cold for over a week now, maybe I'm the one doing something wrong. She was made instantly healthy with one spoonful of the devil's work. Maybe I'm the idiot. This cereal is the foodinessist of them all. I think it wins a special Foodiness Lifetime Achievement Award at next year's ceremony, which we will be live blogging and tweeting and live streaming. But all hope is not lost because as always, I am here for you. Even if you have fallen down the foodiness cereal rabbit hole and you're stuck down there from all the post-Special K breakfast sandwiches that you scarfed down, you're in luck. You can't help it if you were born after 1950. You were born with the chip or the flake or the puff or the O in your brain and it cannot be removed very easily. So lucky for you, we've added a new special program at Foodiness Reeducation Camp. It's our new exclusive cereal addiction reprogramming treatment and spa. Yes, we've added a spa component to the program to make it more broadly appealing. But remember, we still only accept cash and Obamacare. At the new program, we will put you through our new scientifically designed reprogramming and reeducation regime. If you have a box of cereal with more than three ingredients in it in your possession right now, or you have eaten a cereal bar at some point in your life, you qualify for the program. You'll follow the standard foodiness reeducation program like everyone else, which you can refer to back in Welcome to Foodiness Reeducation Camp episodes one and two, which you can find on the website. But you'll also have special serial deprogramming sessions where we will do things to you like make you take giant bong hits and then put a big bowl of Raisin Bran or Captain Crunch in front of you and see how long you can resist. If you can make it an hour without eating it, you get another big bong hit. And this time we give you the good stuff. 
and an all-you-can-eat buffet of real food and a DVD box set of your choice of either Downton Abbey or Battlestar Galactica. You choose. If you give in and you eat the Raisin Bran, you have to watch 24 hours of the Hallmark Channel, including Marie Osmond's new talk show, which she says through her new big collagen lips. So think about it. Do you want to do the devil's work? Of course you do. You listen to Let's Get Real. But it's the kind of devil's work we're talking about, like Jesus jokes or office affairs with partners who are inappropriately young or snatching your sick friend's medication when you visit them at the hospital. That's the devil's work for the right kind of people. Not eating raspberry and chocolate-flavored omega-3 enhanced whole wheat cereal flavored like raspberry and chocolate-flavored omega-3 enhanced whole wheat cereal bars. That's the devil's work for the wrong kind of people. Do you see the difference here? So, as always, if you don't want to eat shit and you want to do the right kind of devil's work, keep tuning in to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food here on Heritage Radio Network. Thanks this week to Chris Nutter, my co-producer, to Joe in the control room, and to Adam Rosenberg, who is now running the video component of the Foodiness Re-Education Camp program. You can find video versions now of the last few shows on Let's Get Real Show also. So if you've ever wondered what I look like, you can watch me do this live. That's all the time we have for this week. I hope you won't eat any cereal tomorrow morning, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.